Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Worship, and I want to start today um, with the definition of worship, and I want to bring up the one that Jasmine, um, that Jasmine said last week, and we're going to take off of this as well. Worship is the act of expressing love towards God with complete abandon, Due to the overwhelming understanding, that is a very important word right there, understanding. Due to the overwhelming understanding of God's love, His grace, and His mercy. Guys, this year we have been very purposeful about reintroducing God. And we've reintroduced God, we've reintroduced the cross, we've reintroduced relationships and reintroduced Holy Spirit, we've reintroduced, now we're talking about worship. We've reintroduced the world. So many different things. What we're doing is building a foundation of who God is. This is a picture of our Heavenly Father. And until we get a picture of our Heavenly Father, we will always struggle in our worship to Him. But if you're continuing to grow in the knowledge of who he is, then the natural expression, once you begin to understand the love and the grace and the mercy that he has shown to you, then the natural expression is worship to him. It's natural for us to do that. And so I think the simple definition that you can take away, the, the, the shortened version of this is that worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. Worship is not a song. Worship is not an experience. Worship is not a time during the service. All of those things are included in worship, but it's not worship. Worship is our life, living our life like Jesus. Let's pray, guys. Father God, we thank you today for your word. God, we thank you for your goodness and your love that you show to us. God, we thank you that you've chosen us for something bigger than us. And God, we ask you today that as we open up your word, that the Holy Spirit will bring your word to life in our hearts. That the teacher will come and teach us all things so that we grow in it. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Worship is love expressed. The beginning of worship is entering the throne room of God. It's the beginning of worship. So a lot of times as we see worship, we think that that's what we just did in, in church. And maybe you think that, that uh, a lot of times, and especially when I was growing up, that we had, we had praise time and we had worship time. And so the praise time was the fast stuff and the worship time was the slow stuff. And... At least that's how I always understood it. And I think that many, you know, would be in the same boat. We had, we had praise and we had worship. And now um, with 2021 language, we've kind, of, uh, we've kind of transitioned that. And we say, well, this is worship time. And some would even, even say that worship is the entire service, that we come together to worship. And I wouldn't say that that is completely inaccurate or completely false, but let me say it this way, that the service or worship as it relates to maybe a song or an experience is just the beginning of worship. It's, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg of worship. But sadly, many times as Christians, we don't ever go beyond that tip of the iceberg of worship. 
Maybe we think worship is the time that we spend in our car after we drop the kids off and when we're on our way to work and we turn on some, some Christian music or you turn on the, the reintroduced playlist or positive, encouraging K-Love, right? And, and we worship. We just have that little bit of worship time for us. And I'm not trying to belittle of that in any way, but what I want to say is that worship is so much more than that. And if that's all worship is to you, then you're not experiencing the fullness of what God has for you. It's the tip of the iceberg in worship. It's how we start worship. Once we become a member of the family of God, we begin to understand the love that he has for us. That love that we begin to experience makes us thankful, right? Why would God love me? When we think back of all the things that we've done in our life, why would God reach out to me? Why would God's hand be extended to me? And so we're incredibly thankful that God has not given up on us, that God has chosen us, that God rescued me from where I could be, and he's brought me into his kingdom. We're incredibly thankful. But true worship has to be perpetual. It's not just a giving of thanks when we're singing a song, but it's a giving of thanks in our everyday life. Absolutely everything that we do is an extension of worship to God. I want to go to Psalm chapter 34, verse 1 through 8, and we've got it up here. Psalm 34, verse 1 through 8. This is David speaking, and he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'll bless the Lord at all times. It says, his praise will continually be in my mouth. So what's he saying here? That we have to walk around all the time? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I worship you, God. Somebody tries to talk to us at work. Hold on, hold on. Thank you, God. I love you, God. But he says, his praise will continually be in my mouth. Then he says, my soul or my mind, my will, my emotions. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Why is it the humble they hear of it and be glad? Because the puffed up, the prideful will hear of it and say that I made myself this. I was thinking about this the other day, and, uh, and, and Pastor and I were talking about this in the office, that, that a lot of times you hear this idea and this concept that I'm a self-made man or I'm a self-made woman, that I've gotten myself here. I didn't know that you did anything at all to give yourself breath. I, I didn't know that. But if you did, that's amazing. That I want to I know what you did, breakthroughs in science, because you had no breath, but you worked and gave yourself breath. That's amazing. But if you didn't, then I think that was God. I didn't know that you did anything at all after you were born, that you did anything to develop the ability to learn. Now, maybe as you continued to grow, that you did some things to further your education. But did you do anything to learn to cry? Did you do anything to learn to reach out and to grab something, to wiggle your fingers, to wiggle your toes, to begin to use the things that, oh, oh you grew your own arms, I forgot. Oh, no, you didn't. Where did that come from? See, the humble will hear of this and be glad because they realize it wasn't them. You realize that it wasn't you. I realize that the reason why I live, the reason why I move, and the reason why I exist is because of the grace of God on my life. I realize today that the only reason that I can stand up here is the grace of God on my life. And the only reason that I have not been consumed is the grace of God on my life. And I could stand and I could look at all the bad things that may have happened, whether I think they were fair or whether I think they were unfair, that have happened to me in my life. And I could develop bitterness and I could, I could look on it and, and say that I am not where I could be because of this and that. 
and maybe I didn't get the breaks that somebody else had, or I could look at it, and I could say, it's because the mercies of God that I am not consumed, that I stand here today, and I can take another breath, that I have voice to speak out the goodness of my God. The humble will hear of this and be glad, and I will continually praise the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. The humble will hear of it and be glad. And then say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And then you give your testimony. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. See, those that looked on him, they looked to him, and they were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out to the Lord, and he heard him. See, this isn't a status thing. The poor man cried out to the Lord, and he heard him, and what did he do? He saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love food, you guys. You love food? Love food. When you walked in today, did you smell bacon? When you smelled bacon, did it make you want bacon? You craved it. Why? Because you tasted it before. You've tasted it before. I said I wasn't going to use bacon in my sermon today. A lot of people speculated that I was, and I wasn't. That's not in my notes, but man, you start to smell bacon, and it just changed the way you think, right? So you crave it. Anybody ever had Bahama Bucks? I had never had Bahama Bucks until Wednesday. I'd never even, I'd seen the sign. Maybe this says that I'm old, I don't know, but if you want me to be really honest, I thought it was a clothing store. I'm not going to lie. Um, so we go to, uh, to Lubbock on Wednesday. It's just Brooklyn and I. And she said, ooh, they have a Bahama Bucks. Can we go there? I'm like, sure. I thought she was shopping for clothes. So we... Uh, I figure out along the way, because she's talking and I don't want to seem like I'm old, and so I'm like Googling Bahama Bucks. I find out the Bahama Bucks obviously is like a snow cone and smoothie place. If you didn't know that, now you know. You are enlightened. Maybe you're looking at me like I'm incredibly stupid, and you'd be right. So we go to Bahama Bucks, never had it before. And I get a smoothie, just a standard smoothie. Brooklyn's telling me how great it is because she's seen it on TikTok and everything on TikTok is good. And so um, I get this smoothie. Let me tell you this. I'm not sponsored by them, all right? I'm, I'm not getting paid at all for this endorsement. But that's the best smoothie I've ever had in my life. Oh, it was incredible. Wow. And so I ended up taking an impromptu trip to Lubbock yesterday with Hayden and with Dylan, and I said, hey, we got to go to Bahama Bucks. Why? Because I had tasted it. I didn't ever want to go there before, but I had tasted that it was good, and I craved it. Once I tasted it, I could use one right now. Once I tasted it, I craved it. I wanted it. Once you taste the goodness of God, you guys, you want it. You crave it. This is because you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man. See, as we go to worship your worship, or I would say you're entering into the throne room of God, the tip of the iceberg on your worship is a declaration of your position. You're declaring to God, this is where I stand. My soul makes its boast in you. I will bless you. This is the declaration of my position. Why is it important that we start the service with a time of corporate worship. Why? Because as you go into the presence of God, you enter in with thanksgiving. You're stating your position. God, you left the 99 to come after me. What do we sing today? I give you the invitation to invade me. Heaven, please come and invade. I'm stating my position. 
See, but then as we sing, oh, the overwhelming, the never-ending, the reckless love of God, as we sing that, you're stating your position that I believe in this, then it gives God the invitation to come in and state his position. What do I mean? Oh, the overwhelming, the reckless love of God. He says, here's some more of it. Here, let me show you a little bit more about my love that I have for you. Let me show you a little bit more about my goodness. Why does it come out so often as we begin to worship God, as we begin to give ourselves into the throne room of Him? Why does it happen so often that we say things like today, that there's somebody that's having a heart issue that God wants to heal today? Why is it that we say Maybe you're battling an addiction and those chains are being broken today. It's because we've stated our position and now God is stating his. I love you so much that I see that you're hurting right there, but you don't have to. And so I'm taking that from you. And so I begin to operate and remind you of the things that Jesus did for you. And so walk in your healing today because that love is being poured out on you. All of this and this miraculous time, we're just talking about the beginning of worship. The beginning of worship. But worship must be love expressed. Worship must be love expressed. And God expressed that love to us in sending Jesus. In fact, the scripture says it this way, that God expresses love towards us even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He expressed his love to us. See, none of that had to do with a song. None of that had to do with a mood. I've heard people say before, well, God really moves in this song or in that song. God moves all the time, every day, 24-7, 365, no matter what song is on. And I don't care what key it's in, or if it's guitars, or if it's keyboards, or if it's acapella, or if it's silence, or if it's rock music, or rap music, or R&B music, or trance music, or I don't care. God moves. We all have different preferences. We all have different the things that, that, that usher us, and this is why we do what we do, because we, we create an atmosphere where you can go into the presence of God. But to tell you the honest truth, I can be in the presence of God, and I can be mowing my yard. I can be in the presence of God, and I can be in the middle of a meeting. I can be in the presence of God, and I can be a hundred different places in the middle of Walmart. Wouldn't you rather be in the presence of God than having the mindset that you normally have in the middle of Walmart? right? I can be in the presence of God. God expressed that love for us. Every day that you live under the benefits of salvation, did you know that you're worshiping God? Every day. Every day that I walk in the benefits of salvation, I'm giving thanks to God because I'm realizing in my life what he did for me. Does it make you feel good when you buy something for someone and you see them using it later on? It makes you feel good, right? Somebody bought me a, a Yeti cup. This is like four years ago. Bought me a Yeti cup, and it had a decal on it. And um, I love that cup. The other day, um, she saw me using it, and um, she said, you still have that cup? And I'm like, yeah, I use this cup every day. Said so the decal came off. I don't even care. I love the cup. I use it every day. Made her feel good that I use and am benefiting from the thing that she bought for me. Don't you think that it's worship to God when he sees you walking in the great price that he paid for you? When you walk in the fullness of what Jesus did for you. We are worshiping God. Your expression of love, expression is not a volume, even though guitarists have a pedal that's called an expression pedal. It's not expression to God, this is expression of your guitar. Expression is not a volume, it's not a movement. 
Expression is an honest representation of our life. Expression is taking what has been transformed in our heart and living it out everyday life. I, I'm a pretty reserved person, and maybe, maybe you wouldn't think so up here. Or, I don't know. But I, I'm a pretty reserved person. And I've heard people say before, well, well I, just, I, I don't get into all that, like worship stuff and you know I just I kind of worship in, in in my own way and I can tell you this that some of the most powerful times that I've had in worship have been jumping around and some of the most powerful times I've, I've had in worship are sitting in silence no one can tell you what the right or wrong expression of worship is but I can tell you this that your expression needs to be 100 it needs to be honest if we're being honest with yourselves, when we talk about expression, and I had, to, I had to look, several years ago, I had to look deep within myself, because even though I would say that I'm a pretty reserved person, I'm not the person that's going to like, you, you, that something exciting happens, and I'm not going to just like jump up and down, I'm not going to scream, I'm not going to, like, that's not me, maybe that's you, and that's amazing, that's not me. Usually when I'm excited about something, I won't shut up about it. I, just, I talk about it forever. When I'm excited, I want to tell everybody about it. And usually you're not as excited as I am. And that's okay. Because I got to tell you. And I'm excited about that. But I'm a fairly reserved person. And I've heard, you know, my, my whole life, and we used to hear this, you know, when we would go to like youth services and everybody would gather together and all this stuff. And well, you, you scream and yell at sporting events, and you won't scream and yell for Jesus. Okay. Right? Anybody heard that before? Okay. All right. So I begin to think about that and think, okay, is there any validity to that? So then I started thinking about how I react to, like, an Oklahoma football game. And uh, a lot of times, because I'm, I'm kind of a pessimistic fan, a lot of times it's anger is how I react to an Oklahoma football game. Um, you know, if we beat Texas by one touchdown, it's not enough. Um, I'm mad. If we beat Texas by five touchdowns, it's not enough. We should have beat them by 100 um, because we do not like Texas, you guys. Um, and I know we... <laughs> can I get a testimony in the house today? Um, <laughs> welcome. Ushers, could you please escort this man out? He's <laughs> speaking. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you. So this last year, Chris was over at my house. I don't remember how many overtimes OU and Texas played. Five overtimes. But when Oklahoma won that game, I was out of my seat. I, I mean, I yell at the TV, you guys. I throw things. My family knows that during OU Texas, they don't bother me. They might get hit with something, depending on what happens in the game. Chris was at my house five overtimes, Oklahoma won. I was, yeah! And so then a little heart check. Because if I can be that excited for something that has never given me anything, where's my level of excitement for the one who gave me everything? Amen? So I'm not saying that we stand up there and you fake it till you make it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to honestly seek a revelation of what he has done for you. Why can I stand up here and when we sing too good to not believe and I told you that I'm hyped during that song, I'm hyping my car during that song. I'm hyping my office during that song. It is on like Donkey Kong when we listen to that song. I was mowing my yard, hype, listening to that song on repeat. Why? Because I feel it. Because I've been there. Because I've experienced it. Because he is too good. 
Because he has been too good. Because I've seen it with my eyes. Because I've tasted and seen of his goodness. I want to take everybody there. I wanted to take Hayden and Dylan to Bahama Bucks because I loved it so much and they're my friends. I wanted to take Tiffany because I love her so much and she's my wife and I want her to experience all the good things that I've experienced and I knew that she would love it. What about my Jesus? Do I want to take all my friends to heaven with me? Do I want to say, I can't wait? I think about this with my friend Terry Scott. And Terry passed away several years. October will be four years, I believe. It'll be five years since Terry passed away. And I think about how when Terry would come to visit, I always had somebody that I wanted to meet him because he impacted my life so much. And I wanted somebody to meet him. Well, I can tell you this, that Jesus has transformed my life. And if Jesus has transformed my life, why do I do what I do every single day? Is because I want to take people to meet him. I want to show you what Jesus has done in my life. I care about you so much that I want you to experience the goodness that I've experienced in my life. That is worship. That's worship. See, the tip of the iceberg is that I sing the overwhelming never-ending, reckless love of God. That's the beginning. But as I go in and I state my position, and then he reaffirms his position in me, then I go out built up. I go out transformed. I go out with a heart of thanksgiving, knowing that I've got to tell everybody about what my Jesus has done for me. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Jasmine used this scripture last week. Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, or I urge you, my brothers, we should have that up here, that you live your bodies, that you, I'm sorry, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to him. Did you know that we are an acceptable sacrifice to God? We are an acceptable sacrifice. Why are we acceptable? Again, not because of us, but because of Jesus. He is the lamb. He is the acceptable sacrifice. Present your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And then it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. How are we transformed by renewing our mind? We become transformed as we enter into the presence of God, as we come into his presence with thanksgiving, and then he begins to reaffirm his position in us. Then we begin to understand on a greater level his grace we begin to understand the mercy that he's shown us. We begin to understand the love that he has for us and our mind begins to change. The way we react begins to change. Worship is not a song. Worship is a lifestyle. Offering yourself as a sacrifice to God, it gives you the opportunity to begin to walk in the fullness of, of what God has called you to do, where God has called you to be. It gives you the opportunity to realize the extent of the goodness that he has for you. We've got to lay our lives down. We've got to say it's not about us. You have to be humble. You have to recognize that it wasn't you to begin with. 1 Peter 2.9, I think we have that one. It says, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. And you are a holy nation. You are God's own special people. I love this. That you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into his light. Once you recognize that you're chosen, I want you to say that. Say, I'm chosen. Say it again. I'm chosen. One more time, say, I'm chosen. chosen. Once you understand that you're chosen by him, then you begin to proclaim the one who chose you. 
the one who called you out of darkness, the one who called you into his light. Worship is reflecting the one who chose you. Worship is reflecting the one who transformed you. It's reflecting the one who you've been with, who you have made a part of you. It's reflecting the one. See, I worship God when I understand that I'm loved. Worship to God is understanding that I'm loved. Worship to God is having peace in the middle of a storm because that is the peace that he gave me. Worshiping God is going out and serving one another because that's his attributes being realized in me. See, worship to God, it's not, it's not just singing a song. It's not just lifting our hands. Worship to God is when I choose joy over the spirit of depression. Worship to God is when I thank him that I'm healed, even though my circumstances may say that I'm broken. Worship to God is when I recognize him as the provider even though it looks like I'm short this month. Worship to God is standing in the realization of what Jesus has done for me. And maybe you would say, well, Pastor Jason, you're saying a lot of good things, but man, I really struggle with some of those things because maybe you've tasted and seen them, but I haven't tasted and seen them. I mean, let's just be real. Sometimes we stand up here with these lofty goals and these lofty expectations, but I can tell you this, that it hasn't always been that way in my life. And even as I'm talking, there are things that I say, I need more knowledge on of who God is. Because I see it in the Bible, but that's not my reaction. So do I want to take my worship to the next level? It doesn't mean I need to lift my hands higher. I can only lift them so high. It doesn't mean I need to jump higher. I'm white, I'm fat, I'm old. I can only jump so high, you guys. And I can only jump like five times. I'm out of breath, all right? Maybe you can worship harder than me because you can jump higher and I don't know, like that dude. Maybe you're like him. I don't know. But worship is increased and Worship takes, goes to the next level the more you learn about who he is. It's a reflection of the one that you've been with. See, when I come to the throne in thanksgiving, I'm rehearsing the story of his goodness. I share the love that I have, and I allow him to share that back with me. Because I'm chosen, right? I'm chosen, Amen. Worship is a declaration of your position. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. We're almost done here. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in, what are those two words? Knowledge, right, and understanding. Say that, knowledge and understanding. I pray that your love will overflow and that you will keep growing. How does your love overflow more and more and more and more? See, if worship is love expressed, how do I express my love more and more and more? Is that I grow in knowledge and in understanding. See, I can only worship God today out of the knowledge and understanding that I have. But I hope that tomorrow I have more knowledge and understanding of who God is than I have today. It's, a, it's a, a, a thing, it's a cycle that just goes over and over again because as I go into his presence and I invite him to come and invade me, then I begin to live it out, but then he begins to reaffirm his position in me. And so then I grow in knowledge and understanding. So then I can worship on a greater level. Then I can take this thing to another level and I can worship for what I want you to understand, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. 
That's important, you guys. May that, that line right there, it may not be the shout, jump around, run around the room line, but that line right there, that you are always filled with the fruit of your salvation. Any of you guys grow like vegetables at your house? So the last several years, we've grown tomatoes at our house and, and peppers at our house. And we have these huge tomato crops, but you know what? We don't eat that many tomatoes. We eat tomatoes sometimes, put them in things, but we don't really eat tomatoes. So what happens to our tomatoes? We pick them. We usually put them on the counter outside, and they shrivel up, and then we throw them away. That's what happens at our house. This year, we didn't plant tomatoes. And uh, sometimes, I think, I was actually making something the other day. I was like, man, I wish I would have planted tomatoes. I probably wouldn't have used any more than, like, the two I needed right then. Just go to Albertsons, get you some tomatoes. See, just because that fruit is growing doesn't mean you're filled with it. Just because that fruit is being produced doesn't mean that you're walking in it, that you're experiencing the benefits of it. May you always be filled. How am I filled? By understanding. I'm filled by understanding. I don't know about you, but how many of, how many of you are like me that you maybe grow something in your garden, you forget it's there, and you go buy it at the store anyway, Right? You didn't even check to see if you had ripe tomatoes. You still went and just picked up two tomatoes at Albertsons. You're not realizing the benefits of that salvation. You're not filled with the fruit. He's saying, I want you to grow in knowledge and understanding. I want you to understand what matters so that you may live pure and blameless until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Worship is a reflection of the one you've been with. It's a picture of the one that has shaped you. I want to give you one example, and then we're going to be finished today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to act it out. In fact, if you guys want to come up, this is a story in the scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jot it down. You can look it up. I'm not going to read all of this. It's a story of a king named Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, he was a just king, a God-fearing man. And they got wind that there were three armies who had previously been spared that were plotting to come down against Judah and take over. And Jehoshaphat, the scripture says that he was terrified because there's three armies that are teaming up together and they're all going to come down and they're going to take this guy out. So he hears about it. Verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 20, it said, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, and you'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight Take your positions, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory because he's with you. He says, people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them for the Lord is with you. So what happens? Verse 20. This is early the next morning. The army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat had stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After, the consulting, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers 
to walk around the head of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Jehoshaphat was facing a crisis in his life. And this has been talked about many times in many messages on worship. That we lead with the singers. We lead with the worship. But to me, two things are happening right here in this story. Number one, Jehoshaphat saw it important to state his position and to be obedient. The Lord said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. And so he leads with the singers and said, we are going to act on the word of God. He said, don't be afraid. And so we're going to state our position. We believe what God said and we're not going to be afraid. And so thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I don't know how this is going to work out today. I don't know what's going to happen today. But God, thank you for your faithfulness because you've always been faithful and you always will be faithful. He says they led with the singers. As they began to go into the presence of God and begin to start their act of worship, expressing their love, then what happened? It says at that very moment, they began to sing praise And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And they were defeated. It wasn't because of the singing. It was because of the declaration of God's faithfulness. And then they walked out like the people that God had made them to be. Full of faith, full of power and not only was their singing worship but their marching was worship carrying out the plans and purposes of God was worship being obedient to what God had called them to do realizing that they were the head and not the tail realizing that they were above and not beneath realizing that the Lord, their God, will fight their battles for you, was worship. So how do you fight? When you wake up every day, you give glory to God. You worship. And then when you go to work, and it might be stressful, but you say, no, you're the God that's given me all wisdom. And so you ask him for wisdom, and you do just what you know to do. You worship. And then when you get off of work, and you go home, and you hug your wife, or you hug your husband, you're worshiping. When you're on the drive home, and you're praying for your family and for your friends. You're, you're worshiping because you're doing what you were made to do. When, whenever you, you go out and you're coaching for your kid's soccer team, or you're going and watching your grandkids play baseball, or you're worshiping And when he moves on your heart to pay it forward and buy coffee for the person in line behind you at Java Nick's, you're worshiping. And when you go and you tell a coworker that you appreciate them, you're worshiping. And then when you come to church and you testify of his goodness, you're worshiping. And when you're learning about his faithfulness, you're worshiping. See, we're worshiping in everything that we do and we're growing in him. And It's not a song. It's not an experience. It's a lifestyle 
It's a reflection of the one that has transformed us. First thing I want to do today, real quick, we're going to sing one more song today. The direction that I thought I was going to go with this about three weeks ago. Was that I feel like sometimes we have a hard time in our society, and maybe this is uniquely America or uniquely Western, I don't know. I think we have a hard time sometimes understanding the goodness of the Father because we have a lot of mixed views about fatherhood. We have a lot of mixed stories about fatherhood. And everybody is has different uh, different experiences. I would say that especially in our country, the institution of the father is, is under attack. And sometimes we can't worship a good, good father because we haven't seen a good, good father. I want to take a moment today, and we're going to sing that song, Good, Good Father, but I want to take a moment today, and I want to pray for fathers. I want you to just receive this today, whether you're sitting out there or you're, you're watching online. I want to pray for fathers today. Father God, I thank you that you are good. God, I thank you that you have shown us the way to be a father. You know, when, when I found out that, that my wife and I were expecting Brooklyn, this is almost 14 years ago, or over 14 years ago, Thanksgiving, 14 years ago, I had a moment where I broke down. It's one of my most glamorous moments. I was getting out of the shower, thinking about being a father. <laughs> and I broke down, dripping wet. I'd already turned off the shower. Dripping wet, standing in the bathroom, a towel. And I just broke down. I was just bawling my eyes out. And... I was grieved because I was thinking about all my flaws. I'm like, man, I can barely take care of myself. Now I've got to take care of somebody else. And this is something that we wanted, we had prayed for. I was so scared. And God spoke to me that day, and he said, you don't have to be perfect because I am. He said, just always point her to me. And I actually wrote this song for her called Perfect. And one of the lines in the song talks about us holding hand in hand, journeying together to the one who's perfect. Let God's perfection rise up in you fathers I'm sure you've made mistakes along the way man I know I have but as long as you continually point to him you continually point to our heavenly father because he is good even when you're not So I pray for you today that your eyes will be focused on him and that you continue to grow in him and set the example of perfection by looking at the one who's perfect. 
that grace is extended to you and wisdom and strength is extended to you. In the name of Jesus. Number two, second thing I want to do today before we sing this song is I want want you to take a moment and if your father is still living on this earth whether you have relationship with him or not I want you to take a moment I want you to pray for your father and then if your father has passed then I want you to take a moment and I want you to thank God for your father so let's take a moment and do those things Lastly, if you don't know my Heavenly Father, I want you to know Him because He's amazing. See, He sent His only Son to die for you so that He could gain more children. And that's available to you today. So if you would, I'd like to lead you in a prayer so that you can come to know Him. See, the Bible says that all we have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and then believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So let's do those things today. I want to invite everybody in here to say it with me as a show of support to those who maybe haven't because we're a family and nobody prays alone. So say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're God's son. I believe you died for me. I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time, any minute in your heart, the Bible says you're a child of God and you have a heavenly father. If you'll go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, click I Choose Jesus, there's resources there for you. Also, drop us a line, a Facebook message, whatever's the easiest for you. Maybe just write it on a card and leave it at your chair and say, today I chose Jesus. We just want to know so we can rejoice with you. Because we're going to sing this song as we take it out. As soon as the song's done, you can leave. I'm not saying that I'm like holding you hostage, but don't check out yet. God's got good things. We have three minutes and, until 12. We're only... 27 minutes late in this service so like what's another three minutes all right so let's do this let's worship God together he's a good good father next Sunday is an all worship day first time that we've ever done that on a Sunday morning an all worship day and we have incredible things planned you will not want to miss it we've got some spoken word some visual expressions of worship I'm telling you it is going to be off the hook so invite people to come with you let's sing about our good good father today you guys stand up he's so good right you believe that today amen thank you once again for joining us today online we value you and we want to hear from you if you made a decision for christ today you can select i choose jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with god we've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called i choose jesus and i want to encourage you to do that once again thank you for joining us and remember that god is madly in love 